Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello fellow humans, welcome to the Hot Mess Clubhouse, a podcast celebrating funny women, hosted by super legend Lucy Vine. That's me. This week we welcome absolute goddess Sophie Hagen. She's a comedian, writer, podcaster, author and my inspiration in all things. Her book Happy Fat came out last month and if you haven't read it yet you really should. It's part memoir, part social commentary about her life as a fat woman. She also hosts the intense and brilliant Made of Human podcast, as well as the secret dinosaur cult with her friend Jodie. Both are wonderful. We talk about all those things, as well as other varied subjects, such as playing spin the bottle with your first love, being happy single, and dating men who want to save you. I love this woman, and I hope you do too. Hello. Hi, you're welcome to the clubhouse. Thank you so much. Have you ever been in a club before? Oh, yes, I was in a club when I was eight or nine. There was this um, abandoned, oh, what's, what are they called? It was like an abandoned lorry so church. Like a scrapyardy place? Yeah, like a cemetery. Place. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I think it was. I might be romanticizing. And in what way was this a club? So we would meet up there and oh, right. hang out. So we were like, I don't know what we were called, we were like the club. <laughs> was then, there a mission statement? Was it just to hang? I think we wanted to solve crime. Okay, cool. I don't so we remember kind of a, that A scrapyard famous five kind of deal. Yeah, I think so. We don't, I don't think any crime was really solved. Uh, I'm so excited you're here with me. You are a human being that I only <laughs> discovered, like, last year. Yeah. Um, but now you're the centre of my universe. That's good, that's so, all I want, to so make up for lost times. And you're not only a hilarious goddess, but mm-hmm. you are also a podcasting genius. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you take it. Um, I was listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult on the way here, and it's yeah. really fucking funny. Thank um, but actually, it feels a lot sillier than your other podcasts, obviously, Made in Human, uh, made of Human, sorry. Um, it does get really intense, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not always serious, it's really brilliant and funny and all that, but um, your subjects seem to get quite raw with you, and I, I wondered if that is just something about you. Do people just sort of spill their secrets to you? Yeah. Do you people, have a secret yeah. face? <laughs> people have always told me road deep things. Yeah, people tell often, me them all. Sometimes people get really annoyed. Sometimes people are like, why am I telling you this? I didn't mean to tell you this. Like, actually, why am I telling you this? I'm like, I really didn't ask you to. Now. I've been in interviews where people try to do it with me in a way where I'm like, because I, I don't mind opening up, I open up about everything, like all my podcasts about yeah. me oversharing, but I can sometimes I, I can sense people trying to get me like trick me into saying things, and really? particularly journalists do this. But that won't be the same. You know, podcast people want to, you yeah. know, oh, I know, just be to cry or whatever. Oh. But journalists want me to say something they can use as a clickbait. Right. Yeah, but either way, when you sense that you're about to be tricked into something, or because what I don't think I do with Mopad is 
don't think I trick people into it. I just no. have a conversation. I mean, you sometimes I try to place. dig because sometimes what they're saying is boring. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm like, so you're just happy? Like that so can you ever had sex with somebody's husband? Yeah, <laughs> something. But it's also about finding the boundary between good, interesting podcasting and will they ask me not to release it? Oh, really? And have you had that happen to you then? Has anybody said, please, please? No, they haven't, because I think I've... But there are some where I've been like, <laughs> I need to release this now. Yeah, because, before you change your mind. Yeah, like go straight home afterwards and release it now, because... On the train. I home. don't want them to have time to regret this. Yeah. Because, and I, if I think this is going to ruin their lives, I obviously wouldn't put it out either way and say, like, I'm going to edit that out. Who's been your favourite guest? Are you allowed to have favourites? Oh, <laughs> that is the most difficult question I've ever asked, because... I mean, it's all. I have a few. I have somewhere. Well, I don't even think that because there's what, 130. You've done quite a lot. 135 episodes. The the least favorites are easiest. Tell me the worst. Well, that that I couldn't do. But there are some where I've sat after 40 minutes and thought, I have nothing left. But the best ones, I, I keep thinking fondly of the one with Alison Spitzel because it was so funny. Um, I have stuff like the one with. Um, Sophie Duca, where she came out as um, bisexual, which was amazing. Yeah. She was like, Did you know she was going to do that? No, 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 they don't tell me. <laughs> they don't tell me these things all the time. No one ever says I'm going to make a huge. Uh, like Jody came out as non binary on my podcast. Right. She wasn't like, I am non binary. Right. It was just like, Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, probably. And we're just like, Yeah. Yeah, me too, probably, maybe. I think. So you've got your stand up tour coming up in yes. April, May, June, is that right? Yes. Is it called Happy Fat or Bubble Wrap or both? It's called Bubble Wrap Happy Fat. So that is the whole title? Because it's a stand-up book tour. Gotcha. Yes. I get it now. I was very, I really <laughs> know how to really market it because, right. I mean, what, how do we do that? But basically the first hour is me doing Bubble Wrap, which is my, the first stand-up show yes. I ever did in yeah, 2015. Amazing. Because it is to do with body image in a lot of ways, also to do with a lot of other stuff. Sure. But the main gist of it is about how I learned to love my body. Yeah. And then the second half is me doing I talk about the book and, and fatness. I possibly will do a Q&A or I'll do a reading. I haven't quite figured so it out yet. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Do you get nervous? Sometimes, but only I get nervous if I don't think I can remember what I'm going to say. Okay. Or you, you, what kind of nervous person are you? Are you like sweating, twitchy, throwing up on stage hands? Um, heart palpitations. Okay. <laughs> uh, last, when was that? 2017. All of at the Edinburgh Festival I had stage fright for the first time in my life. Oh really? Oh, Having done God. stuff before and then yeah, just came out of nowhere. It was my third of my third show. I'd done two tours. That's yeah. so crazy. And then suddenly, suddenly and it was the most uncomfortable like you know when people say they're stage fright, I've never really understood it. You know, you oh, understand really? nerves and stuff. Yeah. I had nerves before, but I didn't know that it was like a, such a physical thing. Mm-hmm. Like my whole body shut down and I, like my heart was racing, my mouth was dry, my hands were shaking. And at one point, I was so, I don't know what the word is, but like, it felt like almost delusional or, that I started oh, praying. That's really scary. Yeah, I started praying. I don't know where it Do came you believe from. in God or was that it just was kind of like absolute desperation? I don't even know who I prayed to. It was just like, <laughs> give me an hour, give me an hour. Like, I need an hour. I cannot go on right now. Give me an hour. I just need an hour. Be someone. If there's anyone out there, give me an hour. And then I heard the one to the stage. I had to go out and it was... Because you seem so at ease when you're actually on the stage. Usually yeah. I am. Usually right. I have a lot so of So that's hour. not just a fake. Like, no, no. no you are actually calm. And it got better towards the end of the month because I spoke to a lot of comedians about it who kind of said the right things and I started telling the audience like I don't know what has happened but 
now I have stage fright. I don't know why, but it's really bad. This is my were job. Were they nice to you, though? <laughs> they were nice, but there's a thing about stand-up audiences. They need to trust that you think you're funny. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's, I think that might be the same with everything. You, you trust people if they seem confident in what they're doing, which I think is a bit weird and actually a bit problematic at times. Yeah. Because it's, it's not the same thing. You can be funny without being confident, but people do... Yeah. I mean, I dated a... My last proper boyfriend was a fan that I met after my gig. I mean, and you want people who like what you do. Yeah, but it's <laughs> the line. line. The worst idea. I oh, mean, really? he was actually was really, really sweet, a very good guy. But he had. I realized after a few weeks that he had an, an idea of who I was. That I have no idea where it came from. No idea. I was like, wait, what? You thought? Oh, really? Wait, what? We had a huge argument. A huge argument. <laughs> Very big argument. But this is, I guess, maybe the trouble. When you're a person on stage, you are only presenting a certain version of yourself a lot I didn't, of the time. Yeah, but I didn't think I was. At this point, I genuinely didn't think I had done that. But I think when you see a performer, people tend to read into them what they want to see. Because I think yeah. people really want to feel represented and understood and they will see someone they sort of like and they'll think they're probably like me, they won't say anything that's <laughs> going to hurt me ever, which is dangerous and terrible. Because yeah, we're human beings, we're shit Yeah, but I do also think I might come across, well I know I come across as a nicer person than I, well not nice. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> and like, you know, I often get, it's like I can be on stage and be like, I am fat and I'm hot and I love being fat. People will still say, you shouldn't be that self-deprecating. Like, no, that's because you, that's because you're you hearing negativity you in the word fat. fat. Yeah, yes. exactly. That's your own self. But he thought that I was kind of, I mean, helpless is a big word, but. I wanted to save you. I do, yeah, I do. I get a few. There's a few men who have fallen in love with me and then at some point they will say, I can save you, or I can help you, mm. or one guy had this whole so fantasy he told me where he was like, oh, you would come home after a gig, and everyone would have seen you, and you would have seemed so powerful, but then with me, you could let your guard down and be really vulnerable and tell me what you were scared of. It makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> I was like, this is disgusting. What do you think, what do you think I am? And then I went on, um, there were some trolls when I was I was on Tinder for a bit, I deleted it, but I only deleted yes, the app, Tinder not the profile. self-loathing. <laughs> and then I, I was in Denmark for two days, and some trolls found the profile, and that became a huge thing. Seriously. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go on. Because for me, it's a vulnerable thing to be like, of course. I, I think I want to date someone. I know. And then I just don't want that vulnerability out there with that many people who are like... <laughs> into yeah I'm also not looking like I'm really happy with my life right now this is the trouble like, I'm not the trouble but I'm just so happy on my own that it's, it feels like it, having to kind of put myself out there and do that deal with all that fucking shit I just can't be bothered and then another year goes by and I'm like oh I've been single for like yeah, seven it's years it's been a while now <laughs> I haven't had sex in a year yay <laughs> I haven't had good sex in many ways <laughs> Um, I'm going to interrupt this amazing chat to do a quick fire. So this isn't actually a quick fire, it's a casual fire round, okay. which is an unfunny joke I seem to be sticking with. Okay. You ready? I am. Have you ever gone for a high five and the other person didn't? Oh yeah, but I, I did a worse one, which was um, a very, 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 very famous comedian in Denmark. I'd only been dating for like a month, 
and he left the, the comedy club and he went in for a hug. So I like just hugged him. Like of course I did. He was like yeah. super famous. So I was like hugging him. This really intense like thank you so much for hugging me hug. But he hadn't gone in for a hug. He oh, just no. had to open the door, which was right no. next to me. He didn't even hug back. Oh, so it was just me so embracing, to him. embracing his waist as he oh, tried to yeah. open the door. But I was in the way now. Oh, yeah. so yeah. So, so the, the high fives I can totally deal with, but that will stick in my brain forever. Amazing. Um, good. Me too. It's going to stick in my brain. <laughs> what is the worst job you've ever had? Oh my god, the worst job. So I was a fundraiser in Denmark, which I'm good at fundraising. I was first on the street, fundraising on the street, and then I was in telemarketing. I was brilliant in telemarketing. I was really. I became the head of the department of Danish Red Cross okay. Youth Fundraising Department for a it's while. Very impressive. I was really, really good at it because I, I have no soul. Handy. I'm really good at calling privileged people saying, "Give some fucking money, privileged piece of shit," and I'm really good at telling other people to do the same. Um, but the street fundraising was the worst because I'm not. I don't know, I'm just not, I just, I'm, well, I was social anxiety, I didn't know what I did at the time, but it was standing in the street trying to get people's attention. Trying to get people, their eye contact. Yeah, having people spin on you, push you. Oh no, is it really? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, a lot of people had issues with that. And I've seen even, we didn't, at least didn't have this in Denmark, but in the UK people call them charity markers. Chubbers, yeah. yeah, which yeah. I, I was like, oh fuck every single one of you. This is the hardest, <laughs> it's the hardest job in the world, and yeah. you're literally doing it. I just have intense guilt, and I just kind of, Say, oh, I'm already a supporter. I don't know. I'm well, supporting it. Well, now I'm going to fundraising <laughs> mode, which is, well, why aren't you supporting? I, I am. <laughs> I'm already a supporter of everything well, that you're about to mention. Well, uh, that's exactly how you need to do it. But that's what do you miss those... being working in charity and stuff like that? I mean, I prefer the job I have. Yeah, I'm just joking. But I kind of miss it because it was so. The thing is, I feel like I'm at least being a better person now because it didn't feel like being a good person. It felt like being really good at my job. It felt like being. Because I think you have to, because a lot of the people who work for me were really good people. So they felt bad when someone on the phone said, I'm so sorry, I, just, I can't support because I'm, I'm having a really hard time at the moment. Where I was a good one because I could say, oh my God, I totally relate to that. <sighs> like like the children, you know, in these Wall Street areas. <laughs> dying. I mean, so I totally know, like, it must be really hard having it. Like a really shit life, because you know, so do they, and you know, things that for us you're like, so good at a pound a day for them is you know, like the rest of that. Like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. Like, <laughs> they'd go, right, okay, fair enough. I'll. Like, I'm Fine. really, really Fine. good at it, really good. That's so impressive. But by, by being a bad person, like by being a lying piece of shit, <laughs> but that's also that's what you kind of have to do. I think yeah. that just a job like that will kill you if you're a good, empathetic person who's just. You know, like a people please, I just want everyone to be happy because then you can't go in and make like the hardcore, you know, decisions to be like, no, actually, listen, <laughs> you, this is not about emotions, this is about maths, it's about we Getting need this money. money because the government is doing these things and this country has this problem, which is ultimately because of us and because of whiteness and like, colonialism in general. So, yeah, you have a responsibility. So when you say, I can't afford this, really? Have you bought a cup of coffee in the last month? Then you can afford this. Yeah. You're good at this. I'm so good at this. You have no idea. The next question is, do you worry your phone is listening to you? I don't, but I fucking should. I don't care. There's nothing there. Really? Just nothing. My life isn't exciting enough for my phone (laughs) to be interested. (laughs) Well, well, I just read Crash Override. 
was that Basoi Quinn? So oh, she's God. the main person who was uh, the victim of the Gamergate thing. Oh, God. She was so, okay, I do doxed by all of these trolls. And yeah. That has made me go, right, oh, God, I need to be more... Cover yourself. Yeah, you probably should in a way. Maybe I should close my phone. <laughs> yeah, just never be on social media, move into a forest and a cabin. Yeah, I think something. that'll work out just fine. Oh, God, I'd love that. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, how often do you cry? Ooh. God, once in, well, I, I think it comes in waves, ironically. <laughs> well, it's because I'm in it's say constant therapy, it feels like it. So I think I'll have moments when I've kind of opened up a bit, and then I just cry about everything and all the time. And yeah. It's yeah. unstoppable, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm crying again. And then there'll be times when I've, oh, I've been dead inside for a month. <laughs> and that's probably self-protection, you know, it's yeah. like everything shuts down so you can deal with things inside of yourself. But... I don't ever cry in public if I can help it. I hate that. I cannot. Not even in public, but even in front of friends. In front of people, no. No, just no, I cannot do it. No, although if there's an animal involved, I'm quite, I'm dead yeah. inside personally, and like, I watch a lot of very violent horror films. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if there's a dog oh, involved on any level, I just completely fall apart. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> have almost like, I had this weird thing yesterday. I was at this twenty-six hour long show, uh, orchestrated by Mark Watson, an insane wow. person. Yeah, um, clearly. <laughs> and he used to he has done a lot of these shows for charity, and they've always been with him and his best friend Corey Shaw. Corey, who works in comedy, and everyone knows her, everyone loves Corey. She's amazing. But now she's has I don't know what the disease is, but she has like a chronic um, what's it called chronic pain. Illness. She's right. been in bed for two months. That thing it was a move, so she couldn't be at the show, which is already sad and horrible. Uh, but then she had someone like drive her there, so she was like, she came in after we'd been awake for what was it? Like four long. p.m. So we've been awake. The show had been going since ten the night before. Oh so we're already tired, and she came in like with like a cane and in her bathrobe because she just barely been able to make it out of there. And I was like. Oh God! We get this together. <laughs> no, don't, don't do it. And then we just walked looked around the room, and everyone was crying, and oh, he almost God. cried, and she was crying, and I was like, "This is horrible. I can't do. I cannot do this." And my head just goes into like, think about fun things, think about fun things, don't cry. What was that film <laughs> that really? Uh, to all the boys I left before, oh, which was just like a romantic teenage nice film, and I cried for two hours you? afterwards. <laughs> and I was just like, "This already innocent." They still believe in love. They still believe in love. Because I remember being a teenager and actually having hormones. I've used them a lot now, but True. like, but also just faith. Felt you things. hadn't had your heart broken yet. Yeah. You hadn't been deceived yet, and you hadn't. Yeah. 
you know, and, and all the boys you were into were also just like fumbling about, not knowing yet, like not having been hurt yet by their first. Well, that person. is actually the next question. Who oh, was yeah. the first ever person to feel you up? Oh, to like fondle. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, you know. Take you back to those teen years. And that was Mehmet. I was so in love with Mehmet from oh. 11 to 13 or something. So in love with him. He was so. I mean, I, I don't think I can say he was hot because he was also <laughs> he was 13. <laughs> I remember thinking he was hot. Oh, yeah, not... just so hot. <laughs> I, just remember, I remember him coming back in like football practice. He'd be sweating, and I'd be like, oh my god, he's so sweaty. <laughs> and then I went, I went away for a year and fell in love with Lesser, this other boy. Uh, so I wasn't even in love with me with it anymore. And then I came back to the same school, and we were on a school trip to Germany, to Berlin. And we were playing Spin the Bottle, and I'd never played that before. I'd never been kissed, I'd never done anything before. And then uh, what, the first question was something like, who would you... And I was already in love with this other boy who was in the room, Martinez. I was mostly in love. Martinez knew, and he, he wasn't into me. And then the question was something like, who would you rather kiss in this room? And I remember Martinez looking at me like, don't tell them, because that would be embarrassing. And then I said, meme it. And then everyone was confused, and I said, well, I was actually in love with Mehmet for two years. And then Mehmet had this look in his face like, oh my god, you were? And I was like, yeah, don't you remember I told you? And he just, he looked like he'd seen a ghost. Uh, and then one of the other boys was like, you could have fucked two years ago. <laughs> he was like, oh my god, I could have fucked two years ago. And, um, and then and the they next were just time... your boobs this entire time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next bottle thing was uh, to go and stand in the in the bathroom for three minutes with the door locked and the lights turned off. Oh, that genuinely, stuff was I so exciting. I've never heard about that before. I just no. I genuinely didn't understand the logic. I was like, well, why is that a thing? Why would that? But we're not scared of the dark. Why is that a thing? I did not understand. I had to stand in there with Mehmet and his friend, who just also didn't know what was happening. And I just remember Mehmet like getting close. I think it wasn't even fondling. He was like touching my thigh a bit. Oh. But it was the most... Erotic thing. I remember one when I got this breath on my lips, and I was like, I had a heart attack, and I just started panicking. And I was like, ah, This is fun. <laughs> What's happening? And I was like touching his face, was, like grabbing his cheeks, like, ah, yes, What are we doing? What are we doing? And then I, I eloped, I ran out the door, and sat down. And then I was so energetic, I spun the bottle and slammed into a wall and broke. Oh God! Yeah. And since then, I've regretted I'm not kissing me. But <laughs> yeah, I spent most of uh, year eight, which I don't know how that translates for yeah. you, second year of secondary school. What age? Uh, 12, 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in a cupboard with boys. <laughs> like, in fact, our entire class would just cram into this tiny broom cupboard and we would all just be next to each other, like maybe kind of breathing on each other. It was just very, it's the best very though. exciting. I, I have such fun memories. Oh, of, so cool being a teenager. I mean, it was fucking awful. Everything was so dramatic. So dramatic, yeah. Exciting. Do you have any teen diaries or anything? Like, oh, it's yeah. so funny to me. I have mine on the internet and I would send <laughs> the link to some of my friends. Can you send it to me? Oh, I don't even know if I still... <laughs> I wish I I'm obsessed with teen diaries. I have oh, wow. so many, and I just like you've me being like I'm so in love with Martinez. Today he called me a stranded whale. I think he likes me. Like, oh my god, you're so far so off. Hot. Well, yeah, so like, hot. I, I just feel like oh my god, I'm so in love with James. And um, uh, at the wreck, we snogged, and then he went and snogged Kate Hardy, and also this other person, this other person. But he snogged me first, so <laughs> he definitely likes me. Oh, I remember saying like I'm now in a relationship with Magnus. 
but I don't know if I like him or not. I'm going to try and write his name in a heart, and if I can do that, I must be in love with him. And I remember calling him while my friend was in the room and pretending she wasn't there, and then like, I would say something, he would say something, and then I would say, oh yeah, one second, and I would hold the hand over the, the phone, and I'd say, oh my god, oh my god, he's so hot, he's so cute, oh my god, he said the cutest thing just now, and I'd be like, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, hey, so uh, what kind of music do you listen to? Like, uh, the radio? Like, oh, cool, me too. One second. Oh my god. Oh my god, he's so hot. And then about two weeks later, I found out he heard, he could hear me because it's yeah, not an American I movie. Mean. <laughs> do you uh, fart in front of people? Oh, not if I can help it. Okay. I don't think, I wouldn't want to. I mean, but if it's like, not if, I, I think... I'd rather not. Okay, good. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad we're in an enclosed space. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking. Okay, we'll move on then. Did you ever get lost as a child? Uh, not really. I, I very much, I have not seen into the future, but I very much try to predict everything and I kind of want to know. Even when you were little? Yeah, I've always been kind of anxious. But I remember once, what was I watching? It must. Oh yeah, it was... Uh, the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Amazing. You know when she's like, she has this blue dress on, yep. and she goes to the library, she goes around the market. Yep. And she's she singing this... about how provincial everyone yeah. is. <laughs> she's being such a bitch. My, it's my favourite Disney film, probably, um, but she is. so much fun. It's literally like, we moved here and they're all fucking plebs. <laughs> But I loved it. It was my dream to be her. It's amazing, yeah. And she, my mum had one book that was completely blue, and I was like, that's like the book she has in the film. And then I had, so I found this basket that you could have over your arm, and I was allowed, I don't know how old I must have been. We lived in a tiny village, and nothing was. Plebs, all plebs. <laughs> I basically was So provincial. <laughs> and so I was allowed to walk. It must, it felt like hours away, but it must have been like three minutes. I was allowed to walk into the local tiny mall with like seven shops with a roof over. And I was allowed to go there and like walk around with my basket. Pretending <laughs> to be Belle. <laughs> to be Belle. And then I had a, um, uh, what do you call it? The kind of clock you use for food that you twist and then it counts down. An egg timer? Is that what you're talking about? You could just carry around an egg timer? Yeah. Because <laughs> okay, yes. like when that rings, oh, I see. Yes. you go back. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. That's quite a... But then when I was in the shop and there were people... I was like, it would be so embarrassing if that rang now, because they, they think I'd stolen something. Or yeah. So I just kept like turning it, so it became later and later, because I was so scared. Oh. Until my mom came and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where were you? Oh my god. You know, that's embarrassing. So. I was just trying to be cool in front of all these people I don't know, okay? And then life. <laughs> that's the only time I've been. Well, again, you've predicted my next question. Who is your favourite Disney villain? Ooh, villain. Ursula. Yes. I have a tattoo on my body. Do you know where? On my thigh. Oh my god, I love her so much. Mm -hmm. I've actually written mine is a tie between Gaston and Ursula. Oh, Gaston's good as well. He's just oh. so bad. Oh, he's just he, he, so to me. Good. He's just pure evil. He's not trust. He's not a monster. He's, he's not like he's just well, toxic masculinity. That's exactly that. That's exactly what he is. And they got it in the nineties. I love it. I love it so much. Well, Ursula's cool because she's not actually. She's like she's not even that bad. She's actually. she's just trying to fucking live her life. And also, she can change forms, but she doesn't. This is what she I was going to say. She goes to trick some idiot men by. <gasps> pretending to be that yeah. thin thing and then she's like no I'm cooler back here being the person I am yeah 
And she shows what's her face that she is, you know, they just want you for your voice. Exactly. Oh, that, they just want you for your looks. You know, yeah. Yeah, she's fighting. She's fighting the system, what the king, whatever he's she's called, king fish or whatever. Like, he's just trying to control his exactly. daughter, trying to slash shame her. Like, no, Ursula. Oh my God, Ursula is a true hero. Oh, she's film. amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. So cool. Yeah, so, I think Little Mermaid. I can actually recite almost word for word. Oh my God! <laughs> I remember listening to Jessica Simpson had a cover version of Part of Your World. That's is Jessica awesome. Simpson's version awful? Well, Jessica Simpson is is sort of. Like, I think she has a lot of talent, and then she just goes 10% too far. <laughs> it's just, like, a bit too much. Like, just a bit too just, much. Just a little too Jessica Simpson. It's just a bit too, like, like a lot of that. But I, I have a huge soft spot for voices, big voices. Like, I have no musical genre taste. Like, there's no, I won't say, like, rock or pop or whatever. It's just voices. And then I don't care if it's musical theatre or pop or rock or gospel yeah. or... Yeah, if a TV folk. show or a film has singing in it, I'm oh my just there. Well, only if they sing well. Big voices. It's yeah. my... Oh, definitely. Huge, but, and that comes from my mom. My mom would always call me in from my, from my room and be like, come in, come in, come in. And then whatever song she was listening to, I'd listen to this voice. Oh, my God. And it would be anything from, like, Meatloaf. Really. Amazing. Meet up, um, I met Meatloaf once. Are you joking? No. Oh my god. He's Amazing. just one of those, and he's, he's really problematic. He's a, yeah, of course he is. He Everyone is. Every, every man is. There's a lot of articles <laughs> about how he told uh, Trump to run a president. Yes. Yeah. He was actually just reading about that the other day. Oh my god. Yeah, but he's the problem. His voice is. I I can't, oh my god. And the women he sings with as well. Yeah. He's the, and actually, one of the most starstruck I've ever interviewed him. Oh, yeah, because I had such a history with him, like not with him, about him. <laughs> and I was just like, does he know? Does he know what I've been thinking? <laughs> not like in a sexual way, but just like, I heard Was it better than when you met Brian McFadden? Because <laughs> Big Voices, I wouldn't necessarily put Brian McFadden in that camp. <laughs> Actually, weirdly, his, his new album. Are you, are you into it? I've not downloaded it because it's, I don't oh. like the songs. But his voice is really good. When he doesn't do the pop voice, yeah, yeah it's quite raw. I think he could have been a really good like solo artist if he hadn't done pop stuff. Like if he'd actually been like a, an interesting singer. Well, I thought that's why he left Westlife. Like he was going to go and do a proper, you know, be the Robbie Williams. Yeah, I think he wanted to do that, but I think he, I think he lacks personality. It's been a while, but this because I did my first shows about them, or about me being a fan, a fan of them. They're my dream guests on the podcast, because I, I have and so you many. Asked them. You did. I don't think they would get anything out of, like the people who would be interested, the people who would listen to my podcast and be like, oh, this is actually an interesting thing, and not the same people who would go to their concerts. Right. They don't get anything out of... Associating well, themselves with you. Well, that and I think I'm just going to take a piss. <laughs> Which I genuinely wouldn't. I'd be, I'm so curious about. Just want to ask them really yeah. creepy questions. I just really want to know what happened and what it's like to have that status and Must and then be so grown weird. ups now. Because like, we're all grown ups. Weird. Like how was it being that famous when you were 18 and you have to be this angelical, you know, small town Irish boy who just still loves his mother kind of thing. Weird. But having to be that and a sex symbol at the same time, and you know, but not a threatening sex symbol because most yeah. of their girls were preteen, most of their fans were take preteen. Yeah, but also like, I was thirteen and I had a banner of one of their concerts with yeah. sexual innuendos on. I didn't know what it was. 
How, what is that like when you're like, oh my god, these 13 year olds want to fuck me? So, well, they don't. What? They don't know what they're saying. I remember when that song, I don't know if you guys had it, um, it was a song that basically just went, I'm horny, horny, yeah. horny, horny. And I would sing that all day. I had no idea what I was saying. And my disappears became sexual. I, could, I didn't know that that was I mean we didn't know that it was sexual from the start we didn't know that the school girl oh, thing yeah, of course it was sexual it was always I just realised that and I just realised that right now but when she mind. like went into oops I did it again and people were like what? Whoa. she has a body and Christina Aguilera as well and Dirty yeah. was suddenly naked we were like oh my god oh my god and I just had my just being like this is so there's something so ruining all my childhood listen I've been talking to you for ages and we I haven't know. even mentioned I, I will wrap up but I, we have to mention the book coming oh, yes. out Happy Fat I, I love the cover. I haven't read it because it's not out yet. Yeah. But I, I love the cover. Um, who came up with that then? Rebecca? Oh, me. Was me. that your I idea? I thought for that quite a lot. And I wanted to ask, like, what kind of pen you used? Did you have to, like, experiment oh. with a biro? Well, Is there, like, a skin pen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I... So it's... I've done Sorry, it describe times. it. Yeah, so it. it's me with my stomach out. It's amazing. And uh, then I've drawn a face on the stomach, which I've done a few times... It's kind of based on the fact that I've done it a few times at home, yeah. where I use like an eyeliner, and it was just like two eyes and, the, and lipstick. Yeah, because uh, I have. Cause there are some pens on the table, and I, if we have enough <laughs> time, I was going to say, can we draw? We could put the shoe set because I'm wearing a jumpsuit. That would mean. Oh, I'm that would yeah, yeah, fully naked. naked. Yeah. Like, the security's going to come chuck us out in a minute, and you're going to be fully naked. Oh, I'm going to be drawing on yourself. <laughs> Did you not know what we were going to do? Uh, so I've done it a few times and put it on social media and it's already or, or, I just like doing it it's always got like, a really positive brilliant. so I said it to my uh, my publishers I was like this has to be the cover because yeah. it's just it's it has to be so the, the one on the cover is made by the makeup artist who was at the photo shoot oh, amazing. we made it a lot more um, detailed than what I'm used to I'm used to two silly eyes and you know, <laughs> my navel is the mouth it looks beautiful but she went all in with proper eyelashes and stuff <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. And I think she just used regular makeup as well. Um, before I let you go, please, can you just say the word cunt because it sounds so satisfying in your accent? Cunt. Why? Cunt? It's one of my favourite words. No, 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 just, no, I'm saying it. Cunt. 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 It just sound... How do you really, say it? It's really hot. I'm just a bit more like cunt. Cunt. It's not as good. Is it because I do that? Yeah, maybe. Cunt. Say it again. Cunt. Yeah, it's cunt. doing it for me. Cunt. So on that note, do you have anything you would like to plug? How do people oh. find out more by tickets or follow on social media, Sophie? I think my favourite thing to plug is my newsletter. Yeah. Because, I mean, I always do... find out about everything through that. That's the thing. I always do so many things. And if you find me on Twitter or Instagram, which you should, or Facebook, um, you'll miss a lot of the things I'm doing. I often, you know, it's, it's weird how much you can use a whole day going, I'm on tour, I'm in these 12 cities, I'm in these 12 cities, I'm in these 12... And someone will tweet you and go, when are you in... Are you ever in Birmingham? You're like, yeah. <laughs> Where if you get my newsletter and you receive all the news and read them, then you will never miss out on anything. So and also, I share a lot. I share so oh, much. Because I don't think anyone reads it, so I just overshare to the secrets <laughs> and stuff. And my agent hates it. Uh, so, sophieng.com, so F-I-E-H-A-G-E-N, and then... It's a thing that pops up and asks you to sign up for it and then you'll get everything. Everything's on sobeing.com. You've got such an exciting year ahead. I'm so, so grateful that you were able to come and join me today. Um, you've been as glorious as I knew you would be. Um, and thank you everyone out there for listening. Uh, please rate and subscribe. Bye. Bye. Thank you everyone out there for listening. Next week on the podcast, we have the absolutely excellent Andy Osho. It's one of my favourite chats ever and we sing the Titanic song. Please do join us and rate and subscribe if you can. Thanks.
bye.